What's up, everybody? I am here. Dylan is here. It is time for the first episode of Diamond Talk, presented by the Rough Cut Sportscast. Thank you for coming out today. As, as you can see, Dylan, I don't know if you can see behind me, but I'm actually live at the ballpark right now. I uh, felt it was so important to kick off this Diamond Talk first episode being live right here at the baseball field, getting ready to watch the best speed Hornets versus the Admirals of Vallejo and, or I'm sorry, Vacaville. And it's going to be, it's going to be an entertaining game, but Dylan, the smoothest voice in broadcasting. How are you? How are you feeling about this new Diamond Talk venture that we're on? Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm stoked. I can't wait for this opportunity. And you know what? You're lucky. That's a good opportunity for you to just sit out there at the ballpark. No better place to start off this show. And I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm excited to dive into some of the hot topics that have been going around in the MLB. And it should be a fun one. Debut episode. Let's go. We, we've been talking about it. The Rough Cut's been been kind of promoting this, saying, hey, we're, we're not just a, an NBA show. We're not just a hockey show. And we're definitely not just an NFL show. But we also have some Major League Baseball in store for everybody. And, you know, for those of you that are in the chat, we want the chat to be buzzing like always. Comments, questions, concerns, hot takes. Give them to us because we're going to give you our hot takes and all of our stuff. So we're asking for you guys to bring the heat the way we're going to bring it today. But you know what? Let, let's get into it. We have, we have a, a shorter show for this show. Let's get right into it. Let's get away from the pleasantries. Let's get right into the full count. That's right, Dylan. Full count sponsored by Yeti. For everybody that doesn't know, go out there and get your Yeti cups. I'm telling you right now, I got mine ordered. They're on the way. Put your Rough Cut logo on there. And I think I think one of our producers might still be offering a little reward uh, <laughs> if you go ahead and put the Rough Cut Sportscast logo on your Yeti cup. Send them an image. Um, but let's get right into it. Uh, first thing I want to talk about, Dylan, is Fernando Tatis and the Padres. We... You know, this guy is one of the most electrifying guys in the game today. And, and there was this nugget that was that was out there today. And for, for those of you that are new to the show, we are going to break down the top headlines during this full count segment. Fernando Tatis breaks a drought of 20-plus seasons where a San Diego Padre has not been voted in the All-Star game by the fans. And I, I just think this is very significant for the game of baseball. He's in a market that kind of been down for a really long time. And when you watch this guy play baseball, there is no <laughs> there is no short of uh, adjective to describe him and the way he plays the game. And let's be honest, it's a it's a it's a sight that we want to see in baseball. And this guy is taking over the game. Best shortstop in baseball right now. Dylan, what do you think about this? How, how does it feel for you as a baseball fan to realize that the Padres haven't had an all star voted in by the fans in over 20 seasons? It's sad, but it also tells me the state of the Padres franchise over the last few years. And they've had a few good, talented players. You saw Will Myers there, who's still on the team. He's not as flashy as he used to be. But there haven't been a lot of great players. And I got to witness and see Fernando Tatis play at the minor league level in 2017 with the low-A Fort Wayne 10 caps. And he played shortstop. He had 20 home runs that year. And I was like, this dude's going to be special. And to see him take that next step, in a market like San Diego that's trying to grow the game of baseball. They're doing a great job there, and he's definitely taking that next step. And I'm I'm glad that a team like the San Diego Padres are finally able to market their players and have a superstar like Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, I mean, he, he's definitely electric. And and for those of you in the chat, try, I would like you guys to try to guess who the last player for the Padres was 
that was voted in by the fans. To see if anybody out there knows their baseball history, uh, we'll keep an eye on the chat for that. Um, the interesting thing about this was there's been two other teams that have had longer droughts. Both the White Sox and the Astros have, had had 21 season long droughts. The White Sox from 97 to just recently in 2017, and then the Astros from 74 to 94. So it just goes to show you there's not many teams out there that have had that. And this is kind of something that is it's, it doesn't happen a lot in Major League Baseball. Um, so so this is something good to see in, in San Diego. And I'm really looking forward to seeing him in the All-Star game. I can only imagine if he hits a home run, what kind of bat flip or how high the bat goes or how long it takes to, to get around the bases. Um, and as, right, as of right now, Tatis leads the National League in home runs and stolen, stolen bases entering uh, Monday. So there's no telling what this guy's capable of. And I definitely see in like an MVP in his future, if not this season. Right. Oh, for sure. And he's got, he's going to be playing the high altitude there in the all-star game and, and Denver. So he might, he might have an opportunity to hit a home run and maybe flip his bat. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. Um, number four on the full count list is uh, Shane Bieber, Cleveland starter, um, reigning Cy Young award winner in the American league has landed on the injured list. Um, last year, he led the majors in three, three categories, wins, ERAs and K's. And now he's being shut down for two weeks. Um, Again, Cleveland's kind of been kept afloat this season because of what Bieber is capable of doing and winning games. And and how big of an impact do you think this is going to be for Cleveland going forward? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, anytime you lose your ace, it's big time. But he got roughed up in his last start against the Mariners, gave up 10 hits, a lot of earned runs in that one as well. So, I mean, it, it's tough losing your starter. But then again, you look at the Indians the last few years, they've gotten rid of their ace every single season, whether that's Corey Kluber, whether it's Mike Clevenger, Trevor Bauer, they're always trading starting pitching and they always replace it right away. Now, the thing that really makes me concerned is not only is your ace Shane Bieber out, but Zach Plesak still is nursing his broken thumb. And that's another young kid in that rotation. So they are hitting the ball better now as a team in Cleveland. But I think the rotation is going to be tested, at least the depth right now. You know, the, the big thing about this this issue, um, he's the reigning Cy Young Award winner, and he's been really good. But I think a lot of the bubble, or not the bubble, the, the shortened 2020 season um, has, it's kind of exacerbated the numbers of Shane Bieber. And this year, he's not as effective. He's got a 3.28 ERA, and he's only 7-4. and four, But he does still maintain the strikeout percentage. He's got 130 Ks in 90 innings. And he's a strikeout machine. But I, I definitely seen him... I don't want to say like going backwards this year, but when a shortened season, I think the pitchers had a little bit of an advantage and you can see he's kind of regressing back to the means about, let's be honest, Cleveland doesn't even have a real team name at this point. So <laughs> I, I don't think they're going to be much of a, a talk going forward um, this season. Number three, this, this was interesting. And I want to get your, your thoughts on this. The blue Jays have now set the Fenway record for home runs in a game in Boston. So the Green Monster has been it's been friendly to a lot of hitters over the years. But the other day, the Blue Jays hit eight home runs in that game, breaking the record um, at Fenway Park set by the 1967 Orioles and the 1961 Yankees, which hit seven. And they now lead the majors in 2021 with 99 home runs. How good is this Blue Jays team? This Blue Jays team is legit. And the thing that really jumps off the page when you're looking at the Blue Jays is they don't even have the big. Uh, budget person that they spent the offseason at George Springer. He's played maybe two weeks all season, so they're going to get him back. Marcus Semien, a great signing there, and I mean, it's just up and down the lineup. You're getting production from Lourdes Gurriel, who stepped up. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who lost 30 pounds in the offseason, came out and has just been on a tear. By far the league leader right now and for the AL MVP, 
And I mean, this team, I mean, it doesn't stop. You have Bo Bichette there, the shortstop. I saw all three and also Kevin Biggio, who we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, I saw all three of them play uh, once again in the Midwest League against Tatis in that 2017 season. And all of them flashed those power numbers. And I think Bichette was hitting over 400 by the All-Star break. So, I mean, they're they're all good and they're all uh, definitely, I I could see more home runs in the future for this team. Definitely, definitely. Staying in that division, the AL East, Chris Sale is back on the mound. He had Tommy Tommy John surgery over about 15 months ago. And he threw a 25-pitch session the other day. And a a lot of things are pointing to signs of encouragement. Sale came out and said he will definitely be back this season. He's 100% sure that he will help this team this year. And we've already seen the Red Sox off to a pretty hot start when a lot of people didn't think they could get off to such a good start. And kind of, they're they're making a name for themselves in the AL East. Does Chris Sale still scare you as an ace? Does he still have that shutdown capability as an ace pitcher coming back from Tommy John? What do you think, Dylan? I hate to give this answer, and I hope that if Mike Stinton's watching, he doesn't get mad at me, but I think only time will tell. We don't know what version of Chris Sale we're going to get. I mean, he's coming off of a pretty serious Tommy John injury, but I think right now with the way the Red Sox rotation has been, outside of their top three, which has been surprisingly Nick Pavetta, uh, Garrett Richards, and also uh, the starter that they've been getting production out of has been uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. So those top three guys are just – I, I don't see a lot behind that. So adding someone like Chris Sale late in the late in the season could definitely be sort of like a trade deadline piece they get, but except they don't have to give up any assets and he could step in and make an impact. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Huge man crush on Chris Sale. One of my favorite pitchers. <laughs> Just his herky-jerky lefty movement. The slider is nasty. Um, I hope he's able to come back and be the Chris Sale of old, uh, perhaps even better. So I hold, I hold out faith, and I think that he can definitely help that Red Sox Um, rotation once he does come back but finally we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the major league baseball memo that everybody's talking about about punishing guys who are using foreign substances on the mound they came out with the the memo um policies today they're talking about regular checks of both pitchers and then regardless of whether they're made requests are made or not and then any pitcher who does possess or applies foreign substances or is ejected and suspended the suspension comes with pay That's a little bit mind-boggling to me. I'm not sure why we would be suspending somebody, but also paying them kind of defeats the purpose of of what we're doing. Um, And then I know you wanted to touch on one big thing, so I'm going to let you kind of take it away and and whether that's uh, whether that's going to be impactful to the clubs themselves. So go ahead and go ahead and speak on what your thoughts are about this whole situation. Yeah, my my main takeaway here, just looking at the ruling that has been ruled there with the with the crazy spider tack or whatever else is going on with foreign substances. The thing that really jumps off the page is you look at the clubs, they're going to be disciplined because they they have to they can't add someone to the roster when that person is on a 10 game suspension. So if if a if a pitcher gets suspended for 10 games, they can't replace them on the on the 26 man roster. They're going to have to play someone down for a solid week and a half. So that could that could wear, do wear and tear. And if you get two players, two pitchers that end up getting uh, busted for the foreign substances, you're going to have a 24 man roster, and your pitching staff's really going to be decimated. Uh, I don't agree. <laughs> I mean, really? I, I I feel like at this point, when you're talking about a 10 game suspension, that's two starts for a starting pitcher. Uh, we see this this all the time when they're throwing throwing at guys, and then they're getting suspended for 10 days. These guys don't care. Like 10 days is two starts. It's probably better for their arms. I, I don't think it's going to be a huge impact on 
on the ball clubs as far as bringing guys up or putting guys down. I think it's going to be more up to the managers to keep their guys in line. And Tyler Glasnow came out today, and he 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 was quoted as saying, "Hey, the Major League Baseball has now ruined my my arm because he he tore his, or partially tore his UCL. There's a chance Tommy John's in play." And again, he threw 80 something innings and now he's hundred percent. That's why he got hurt because he couldn't use the substances. So I just think this is, this is something major league baseball is going to have an issue with going forward. Um, it, it's something that it's been in the game for a long time and they've, there's been, it's not just spider tech. It's been baby oil. It's been other, you know, different substances that's been used and been okay. I don't know how I feel about it, but I think major league baseball is in for a storm of bad press and backlash from the players it's uh, the, the uh, bad press starts the bad press starts right up in the front office with the commissioner rob manfred and i cannot believe that we're sitting here about mid-june throughout the mlb season and rob manfred is not getting blamed for any of this if you're going to make a change mid-season why don't you make that change in the offseason? This guy does not think about the game of baseball, does not think about the well-being of the sport until something egreg- egregious happens. And then he's like, oh, no, midseason, let's start implementing something like this. That's something you got to do before and after. So I don't agree to the part that Tyler Glass now says 100%. That's the reason he got injured. Now, let's be honest. If, if you're cheating and that's the reason you're not getting injured, then – I mean, maybe your Pittsburgh Pirates numbers will definitely show why you've been having more success with the Rays. <laughs> but either way, I think looking at it as a whole here, I, I, I am, I'm more pissed off at Rob Manfred and his inability to make these changes in the offseason and changing it now because pitcher stats are going to look completely different. And maybe that's something that could happen later on as you transition to a new year. But the changing of the baseballs, the going public was saying you're changing the baseballs, the spider tack, whatever's going on with the foreign substances changing mid season. It shows that he does not have a darn clue how to run an organization. Amen to that. Amen to that. Let's, let's move on. Uh, well, you know what? We got something to do. Um, we're missing somebody. I, uh, I, I don't really know. Don't you wish we had somebody here that can tell people where to find us? Yeah, where to I follow do. us? Oh, Oh, oh. Somebody asked for oh, somebody AJ, special. AJ, man, I, I'm What's glad up, you're though? here. Um, is is there a way you can tell people where to find us? Because I really don't know. <laughs> this is this is crazy. I was sitting in the back of my house and I got my spidey senses tingling. And somebody just needed to know how to look up the wonderful Rough Cut Sports on Facebook, where you can find us. That's Rough Cut Sports on Facebook. Or if that's not enough. Head on over to Twitter. Guess what? We're on there, too, at RoughCut underscore sports. That's right. We tweet just like y'all do. We got so many Twitter followers, but not enough. So come on and get with us. Or head over to Instagram at the RoughCut Sportscast. <laughs> Boy, do y'all know about this cat named Vinny Milani? I don't think you do. But that guy knows how to put some graphics together, and they are all over the IG. What I do, though, are videos. And I do that on YouTube. At Rough Cut Sportscast, they got me. Good time, good time. Rough Cut Sportscast, head over there. We're live on there right now as well. You can check all the content out for all of our shows, all the wonderful shows we put on as a part of the Belly Up Sports Network. We appreciate y'all so much. You guys are killing the game. Guess what? With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. 
(laughs) (laughs) Gotta love that guy. Your boy, AJ Johnson, making the special guest appearances. But Dylan, um, we've been hot on some topics. And it's time now for, it's time for you to bring the heat. Got some cheese, bud! Got some big, stinky cheese! Gotta love that soundbite there. If you don't know what that is, you need to watch more movies. Um, listen, Dylan, first of all, tell everybody, show everybody the shirt made by yeah. Milani. Make sure you guys go out. This this segment is sponsored by Made by Milani. Go out and get your Rough Cut Sportscast shirts on the Facebook link. Again, you, you want to be ahead of the game. Get the merch now. Okay, Dylan, we got to talk about the, the NL East. Two, uh, last year, AJ's wonderful squad, the Atlanta Braves, were just a game away from being in the World Series. And now we look this year, and they look completely different. Ronald Acuna is still doing Acuna things, but what in the world is going on in Atlanta? Because outside of Acuna, I have some questions. I have some questions. I'll let you go first, but I have some questions. Where, where's your head? I, I, I have a lot of questions. Yeah, this Atlanta Braves team is different. I I went to the game about two weeks ago, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's get to see some of these superstars in Atlanta take on the Dodgers. And then I'm hearing the PA announcer saying names like Abraham Almonte and Ari Adrianza and a bunch of fill-in players, which makes sense because there's a lot of injuries taking place. But I want to bring up one thing. Now, back in 2018, when Alex Anthopoulos was really trying to bring this thing together and build the Atlanta Braves, who they are today, he went out and signed a third baseman and Josh Donaldson, brought him in, great great contract there, ended up playing really well for them in, in, in uh, that year. And that was someone that you put in the middle of your lineup, that right-handed bat that could really drive in runs. And then when he leaves, they decide to bring in Marcelo Zuna to replace him and move Austin Riley back to third base. And Marcelo Zuna was tearing the cover off the ball last year. Great player. This year he comes in, hits really well, then he gets hurt, and then he has the off-the-field issues. So it's, it's it's really interesting. They really need to find someone that can step up and be that four-hitter on their team. Austin Riley has stepped up and has done a great job at doing that, but I don't see anything beyond him. The losses of Nick Markakis, a veteran bat, uh, Brian McCann a few years ago, I don't see that clubhouse leadership that needs to be on this ball club, and the injury to Travis Darno doesn't help the cause either. Um. I am extremely disappointed in you. You went through this whole rant on the Atlanta Braves and Marcelo. Let's let's talk about what's really wrong with them. Their pitching is not the same as it was before. Max Freed, Ian Anderson, they bring over Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton's not doing very well. Max Freed has got a 4.62 ERA. He was last year, he was 2.25. I don't know if it was just a a, a flash in the pan. But it, there's more to the Atlanta Braves than just losing Marcelo Zuna. There's something wrong with their staff. Their rotation hasn't been really good. And as it stands right now, I don't see them breaking out of that. I think without Mike Soroka, remember two years ago, Mike Soroka and Max Freed, they were killing. I mean, they were, they looked like two aces on one staff. And everybody was really high about this Atlanta Braves pitching staff and what they were going to be capable of. And yet, we don't see it. What, what, what's happened to Max Freed, right? What's happened to, to the Charlie Mortons and the Ian Andersons? It, I I think this Braves team was a a 2020 Cinderella story. Again, the shortened Ooh. season helped them. I think they the playoff run they had, they got hot. But I don't really see them as a contending team. I think I've told AJ this. 
I, I had the Mets at the start of the season. I think there's bigger problems in Atlanta than just losing a guy like Ozuna. I think it starts with that rotation. Yeah, you're right. You, there's there's a, definitely a point to be made there in the rotation. I thought bringing over Charlie Morton was a great addition to their team, and he's had some good starts, but he's been pretty bad throughout the rest of the rest of his other starts. And Ian Anderson, I don't think you're giving him enough credit. He's actually been pretty darn good this year, pitching to a, a sub three, about a, an ERA around three, but he's about he's been about the only one that's been solid in that rotation. Remember, they had a great start to the season with Huascar Enoa who was uh, one of their pitchers, but he ended up punching the wall and ended up breaking his hand. So uh, definitely not a good cause to something that he did. But then again, I see in the chat there Zach Smith talking about the terrible bullpen. They had Mark Melanson, and Mark Melanson has been pretty nails this year where, where when he uh, switched teams. So not bringing someone back like that, and then you, you also lose guys out of your bullpen. Chris Martin hasn't been that good. Uh, up and down. Will Smith has been pretty good, but outside of that, it's just, I don't see a lot from this Braves team. And to your point, they also need to find a center fielder. And I really question, when does Drew Waters get that call? Because I think you you need to start getting production out of your lineup. And if you can't get it from anyone else, center field has been an issue for this team and they got to find a way to fill it. Acuna can't carry them. I mean, like he's a great player, but we see this in baseball all the time. You can have a great player, uh, i.e. Mike Trout, you need more. And Acuna is doing everything he can, but he's not hes not going to be able to carry them. Uh, another team we, we've, we've kind of, I think, has gone overlooked over the past, over this past season. And again, two years ago, they were in the NLCS against the same old Dodgers team that we see there every year. Um, MVP Christian Yelich and the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, oh, they were a wildcard team last year. Obviously, um, they, they had lost to the Nationals a few years ago when they won the, um, when, the when they won the title. My issue with the Brewers here is their hitting is atrocious. Uh, I think they have one guy hitting over 250 right now, and that's their catcher, Omar Narvaez. So I think that's a huge issue. Um, the pitching staff's been really good. But can I, I, do you think Milwaukee is going to make any noise? I, I have Milwaukee just as one of those teams with a really good staff now, and now their hitting's not great. And years ago, it was a really good hitting lineup, and then their staff wasn't great. So I don't know that they're ever going to be able to mesh up and work together. I think Milwaukee is in the same boat as the Braves. I think they're going to be fighting for that wild card spot, but ultimately they're going to fall short. Oh, baby. Am I buying the Milwaukee Brewers? Oh, my God. You, Here you, we stick, go. me, you stick me at, at Vegas right now and tell me to pick a World Series winner. I'm throwing my money on the Milwaukee Brewers in, out of the National League. And I'll tell well, you. Well, congratulations. Why. You're broke. No, congratulations. I'm right. You're wrong because they're winning the division. No questions asked. You'll come back to this. The debut episode, the Milwaukee Brewers are winning the division. And they're. Here's here's why. You mentioned a few years ago they had the offense and they had uh, players that they ended up signing with the catcher Yasmani Grandal, Mike Boustakis, Travis Shaw had a good year. First base, they had Jesus Aguilar, Eric Thames. They had everybody stepping up and hitting, but their best pitcher was Zach Davies and they had no one else behind him. Now the flip is the, the switch has been flipped. And you look at this team, and it's the pitching that's dominating. They've got in-house guys. Corbin Burns, great year last year coming back. Woodruff has been nails. He ended up hitting a home run off of Kershaw a few years ago in the playoffs. That was fun to watch. Then you look at Freddie Peralta. Comes out of the bullpen last year, and now he ends up getting a rotation spot and has been absolute dynamite. These three workhorses have been nuts. And I I look at this offense. They did a great job in the offseason at dressing their needs. And that was second base getting Colton Wong in there. He's hitting 284. He's on the injured list right now, coming back soon. And then you also look in the outfield. They brought in Jackie Bradley Jr. He hasn't hit yet. 
but they're definitely going to need some time to gel as an offense, and the pitching's done a great job of that. Not to mention the back end with uh, Josh Hader and Devin Williams, the great back end of the bullpen. I'm telling you, the Brewers are good. If Christian Yelich can get back to form, he's going to be great. And one thing I'm saying, now the Brewers were not aggressive at the deadline when they had the offense to get the pitching. They need to get a first baseman in there that can hit because Keston Hira has been atrocious, and he's sitting down in AAA right now, and he was someone they expected to have a big year. You just said a lot of ifs. If if Christian Yelich can be, if Colton Wong can stay healthy, if they can I never get a said first if baseman. Colton Wong can stay healthy. I said he's coming Colton, back. Colton Wong's being in, injured every year of his career. Every year. This is what Fair. Colton Wong does. He always gets hurt. Their hitting has been terrible. Outside of Colton Wong, who's on the injured list at this point, that you're you can't have a team where your catcher is leading your team in average. Like that's just not even a, a thing in Major League Baseball. And Obar Novias has been real good. Everybody Novias else has been, been subpar. Christian Yelich, if he's not playing at MVP level, they don't have anybody else to pick up the slack. They, I, they, I that's, disagree. They, I disagree. You see it now. They have three, they have three pitchers who are sub two ERA, and they're still, they're still not where they need to be. They still Why? can't compete Why? with they're the top in first teams. Place. They're in first place. They're, they got, they're, they got they're in uh, first they got place one of the best records no, no, no. in the National League. Don't come in here and they're, tell me they can't in, compete. They're in first they're place. Really they're in well first right place now. because the Cardinals' entire team has been on the injured list over the past month. Where are the Brewers that's why they're been? In, You're talking about their offense. The, Bradley's missed time. Locaine's missed time. Yelich is just getting back. Yelich is going to catch if you go ever, off. You cannot talk about Jackie Bradley and offense in the same sentence. He was a, a career eight-night hitter in Boston. He's missed time. But but essentially, they ended up making a trade for Willie Adamas, a shortstop. That speaks to the Rays' depth. Trade their shortstop, still the best team in the American League. But regardless, and he's been he's been decent. He's been decent. he's been he's been solid. They got rid of Orlando Arcia. They're trying to make changes in Milwaukee. When they finally get healthy, it's going to take a little bit. Uh, Wong's coming back. You're trying to get everything together there on the offense. They need to trade for a first baseman. I'm not denying that. Who they're going to get, I don't know. But I'd start picking up the phone, trying to get a left-handed first baseman bat and try to bring him over either now or at the deadline. Because if you end up making that move, the offense is going to come. It's easier to gain offense later in the season than it is to gain pitching. And they have the pitching. And in a division like the NL Central, I think that goes a long way. And the Brewers are a team to beat. We will we will definitely be coming back to this conversation as the year goes on, because I, I have more for you. Um, let, let's move on. Let's get to Let's get to our surprise of the night. Our surprise of the night. What what is what is that? What is that? We wasted the good surprise on you. All right. <laughs> oh, another another classic line. If you don't know what that's from, uh, again, you're you're asleep or something. Uh, brought to you by Halftime Sports Collectibles. Make sure you guys are going on there, checking out. They have all of your sports memorabilia: hats, jerseys, footballs, baseball signed, everything. Make sure you guys go check that out. HalftimeSportsCollectibles.com. Dylan, I'm going to start with my surprises this year. I have two of them. I'm going to start with the Minnesota Twins. Um, This is a bad surprise. The Minnesota Twins, who won the division last year, I know, again, it was a shortened season. They brought back Nelson Cruz. They went and signed J.A. Happ and Andrelton Simmons to improve that defense. And after going 36 and 24, they are absolutely atrocious this year. They're 26 and 39. They rank 27th in the ERA after finishing fourth last year, and their honest pitching staff has given up 98 home runs. The Minnesota Twins right now are back to being a joke, and I had high hopes for them. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, 
the first episode we talked on the rough cut, I believe I picked the twins to win the division. And I look like an absolute ass at this point in time. <laughs> so that is my first surprise. The Minnesota twins. I don't know if you have anything to add there yeah. or you can give me your first surprise, but the twins are awful. Uh, I'll, I'll agree with you on the twins wholeheartedly. I believe the twins are a big, big, uh, it, it, it's it's tough because you look at their postseason lack of success, I should say. And I think that might have a little bit of role into what's going on this year. They've lost 18 straight playoff games, and that's that's very bad. And I think that could have a mental wear and tear. But then again, Oakland's still being around, and they're relevant after losing every year in the postseason. So it doesn't really <laughs> matter. But looking at looking at the Twins, you brought up one good point. I admire the front office realizing this is what the Yankees need to do, realizing Jorge Polanco cannot play shortstop so you move him to second base, i.e. Glaber Torres. They bring in a defensive superstar in Angelton Simmons. That was a great move. Now, the rotation has been atrocious, to your point. They're very old. Maeda's been horrible this year. Jay Happ has been horrible. Michael Pineda's been okay, but they're going to have to sell at the deadline, and I, I, I don't see it. But, I mean, th- these twins, they have fallen off the cliff. They're done. The, They're the done. bullpen. The bullpen has also been very bad. Alex Colome, I thought it was a great signing. ERA over five. Taylor Rogers, everyone in that bullpen has been bad. But the White Sox playing the way they're playing, uh, they they really don't have a shot. Well, give us your give us your your surprise. What is your surprise thus far? My first surprise is the San Francisco Giants. You're out there in uh, the, the area of the Bay, or at least close to it over there in Sacramento area. So um, I'm going to bring up the San Francisco Giants, and I love what Farhan Zaidi has done. This guy is an executive genius, and he brings in people that can absolutely mesh to fit Gabe Kapler's managerial styles. They've been without uh, Tommy LaStella this year. Mike Yastrzemski's been out. But they just have guys step up. It doesn't matter if it's a Lamont Wade that has to step in, play first base for a Brandon Belt for 10 days, or go out to the outfield. They have guys stepping up. And you cannot talk about the Giants without talking about the rotation. And Farhan has done a great job of bringing in guys that have really Really, just one-year rentals. He brings in uh, Anthony DiSclefani, Alex Wood. He tries the Scott Casimir project, who is uh, reported down to AAA. He'll probably come up here soon. But then again, you look at uh, Kevin Gosman, who has been an absolute force in that rotation. The Giants, I mean, they're, they're a surprise, but some people forget. they were. It was the last game of the season last year in 2020. They were battling for that wild card spot with the Brewers. Brewers ended up getting it. But the Giants, they were competitive last year. And great years from Buster Posey and Brandon Crawford have really leapfrogged this team. I'm not going to say anything about the Giants. You kind of covered it all. I'm not going to jinx them. Um, I am just – I'm like this the entire year. Just don't let the wheels fall off. Don't let the wheels fall off. I'm hoping they, they stay where they're at. Um, my second team is – I mean, we talk, you talk about them all the time. It's the Chicago Cubs. Um, they are 10 games over 500. They're right there um, battling with, with what we talked about, those brewers, right? <laughs> and I think the biggest stories here are the bullpen, who at one stretch, they were, they're lights out. They're ranked second with a 2.590 ERA in, in, in the major leagues. And they had a 38-inning stretch where they didn't give up an earned run. I think the bullpen's amazing. And then Chris Bryant, a guy that everybody was talking about they need to move them. They need to trade them. And now the Cubs are in a like particular or a peculiar situation. Do they become sellers at the trade deadline or do they ride this thing out and actually go for it this year? I, I like what the Cubs are doing, but if I'm the Cubs, I'm still a seller. I still sell. I'm still looking to move a Bryant. I'm still looking to move a Rizzo. Um, that's just, I, I think they need to move on from that, that 2016 
you know, run and, and the Kyle Schwarber's already gone. I, I just think they need to move on with that. But they've been a big surprise this year um, in the National League. That's my surprise team. Yeah, I, I love what the Cubs have done this year. The the rotation has actually been pretty pretty bad. If you look at it, they're, uh, they have an 88 mile an hour is the average fastball for everybody in the rotation combined. So there's soft tossers up there. Got to rely on location, and sometimes that can get bad as you go later on in the season. The summer months, the balls start to fly. But then again, I mean, the Cubs, they've had players step up, similar to the Giants. A Patrick Wisdom has stepped up. They've had uh, Jake Marisnik's played well when healthy. Sergio Alcantara has been playing second base well. So they have someone that's soft toss. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Benny, uh, killing it with the graphics back there. But anyway, uh, <laughs> you, you look at the, the Cubs. They, they've done great things. That bullpen, to your point, it's the young guys stepping up. The Keegan Thompsons, the Justin Steeles, and Ryan Tapera, who ended up getting an MVP vote last year. Believe it or not, he got an MVP vote. And uh, he's he's been great in the setup role. Andrew Chafin's got the mustache going. And K Craig Kimbrell has been dominant. If they're going to sell, I think Kimbrell's the main guy that they got to move away from, as opposed to maybe moving some of your core because you still have a shot at re-signing them. Um, no argument there. I think Kimbrell's a piece that's definitely probably going to be moved this this summer. Give us your last surprise team before we wrap it up. Who is last on your surprise list? In the wise words of Dropkick Murphys, I'm shipping up to Boston. And you're looking at this, these Red Sox, and I, I'm, I'm loving everything that they're doing this year. The AL East, I think going into it this year, we could have looked. Not you. You ended up making that great freezing cold Yankees take that's actually paid off very well so far. But either way, you look at the AL East in Toronto. They've been great. They need to get George Springer back. But most most importantly, the Boston Red Sox have really leapfrogged in that division. We talked earlier about uh, looking at Chris Sale potentially coming back. That's going to be a huge boost to this team. But they're getting production out of J.D. Martinez, who basically slept last year. He, he, he basically had a pillow in the dugout, took a sleep, and didn't show up when the time needed him. So uh, he, he basically fell off a little bit, but he's jumped back in a big way. Uh, Alex Verdugo's played well. Rafael Devers has been great. So I think right now... They, they've done a great job of piecing it together, and they're surprisingly competitive right now. The Sox are surprising. Yes, we talked about it earlier. We talked about Chris Sale possibly coming back. That could be a huge bump for them as we go forward towards the postseason. And in the, I mean, in the American League East, it's one of those everybody was on the Yankees. Everybody was on the Yankees, and then what, do you, what happens? The Rays come out and do it again, and now Boston is right there. And for me, uh, you know, I was – I used to be a Boston guy. I used to like what Boston did. And then they traded my guy, Mookie Betts. So I'm not a fan anymore. Mookie Betts is my favorite baseball player. Um, and if you trade him, you no longer get my love. So I hope the Red Sox drown in, in losses the remaining part of the season. And, and, you know, them and the Yankees can fight for last place for all I care. Let's go Rays, Blue Jays. Um, oh, shit, even the Orioles. Let's go Orioles. How about that? <laughs> uh, I, I am so done with the Boston Red Sox after trading my guy. Uh, but, Dylan, that is all the time we have today. Um, I want to make sure to remind everybody to tune in tomorrow to the Rough Cut Sportscast normal time, Wednesday nights, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. I believe they're talking hockey. Hockey playoffs are in full effect. We, we're down to the final four teams. They will be talking hockey tomorrow night. So be sure to tune in and then check us out next week. Again, same time, same place. Well, I don't know if I'll be in the same, <laughs> same place. I'll probably, <laughs> I'll probably be back home in my own studio. Um, not out here in this hot ass sun. I'm trying to deal with, you know, shadows and things like that for another <laughs> episode <laughs> of diamond talk. 
that's my Ted. Oh my goodness! Uh, again, is yeah, that a these Ted, are the guys. Ted reference. That is a that is a that is my teddy bear. That is a Ted reference. My teddy um, bear, Johnny. That's my teddy bear, Johnny. And look, Dylan, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. I love it. It's my teddy bear, Johnny. It sounds just like just <laughs> like Mark Wahlberg. Um, but again, great first show, Diamond. We're going to be bringing this to you all summer long. We're going to be bringing to you this fall when it comes to the playoff time. I'm telling you right now, baseball is picking up, and we're going to have more hot takes, more content. So stay tuned to Diamond Talk. And until next Tuesday. 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Dylan, any final words? Not really. Just keep watching the Brewers. They're going to make their rise, and they're they're my sleeper at the NL. Or not sleeper. They're my team out of the NL East, or the NL. Yeah. Well, we'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> Go Mets. This is Sarah's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. Driving cross-country with two young children is ambitious, to say the least. Then our check engine light came on. We pulled into O'Reilly Auto Parts and they tested it. Turned out it was a faulty sensor. They referred us to a great mechanic just down the street and we were back on the road in no time. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.